politics, power, and the people. From Washington, D.C., this is The Week on the Hill. He is a racist, he is a con man, and he is a cheat. Michael Cohen's testimony before the House Oversight Committee did his former boss no favors on a lot of topics. They included more on the issue that led Cohen to being convicted of lying to Congress. His assertion that Donald Trump and his organization continued to deal with the Russians during the 2016 presidential campaign as he sought to develop a Trump Tower in Moscow. Mr. Trump knew of and directed the Trump-Moscow negotiations throughout the campaign and lied about it. During his hearing, Republicans took every chance they could to call Cohen a liar and remind everyone he's going to prison. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and joining me is WTOP Emeritus Senior Capitol Hill correspondent Dave McConnell. Dave, a lot to digest here. What are some of the key takeaways from Cohen's public testimony? Well, Mitchell, the public hearing at the House Oversight Committee is going to rank right along with Watergate, Bill Clinton's impeachment proceedings in Iran-Contra, as one of the most riveting congressional spectacles in recent history. On his way to prison for financial crimes and lying to federal prosecutors, Republicans accused Cohen of telling more lies before the committee in an effort to avoid more jail time if prosecutors come back at him. Democrats were hardly effusive, but insisted Cohen had no reason not to tell the truth if he wanted any mercy in the future. Cohen's accusing Mr. Trump of breaking the law in several instances, among them instructing him to pay hush money to women who said they'd had affairs with him, also instructing him to undervalue Trump's properties in order to avoid paying higher taxes. One bright spot for President Trump in Cohen's testimony involved allegations of collusion with Russia. Questions have been raised about whether I know of direct evidence that Mr. Trump or his campaign colluded with Russia. I do not. So, Dave, he stopped short on that very big issue hanging over the president. Cohen had suspicions, especially after he heard Donald Trump Jr. speaking in hushed tones with his father about what Cohen thought was a meeting at Trump Tower with Russian operatives. But he held off on accusing then-candidate Trump of collusion. In fact, whenever Democrats encouraged Cohen to link the president to illegal connections with the Kremlin, he refused to go there, focusing mainly on accusations of personal misconduct by Mr. Trump. Cohen's testimony received the most attention on Capitol Hill, but there was also a big House vote on background checks related to gun sales. That's right, Mitchell. The first time gun legislation has cleared the House since the assault weapons ban passed Congress 25 years ago. This new measure extends background checks from three to at least 10 days, and it applies to purchases at gun shows and over the Internet. Despite House passage, the legislation is likely to die in the Senate, and even if it passes there, it faces a veto from President Trump. The Senate is preparing to take up a resolution passed by the House that seeks to block the president's national emergency declaration to get money for his border wall. It is unnecessary and unwise to turn a border crisis into a constitutional crisis. Republican Senator Lamar Alexander, who wants the president to consider pulling back on the emergency declaration. Dave, it's looking more and more like the Senate is going to provide another political rebuke to the president. Despite Republican control, a group of GOP senators is expected to join all Democrats in opposing the border wall executive order. They include Maine Susan Collins, Alaska's Lisa Murkowski, and Tom Tillis of North Carolina. Opponents need four Republicans to sidetrack the measure, and there are indications others on the GOP side may break ranks, though just how many is not clear. But with President Trump promising to veto the legislation, it's unlikely the House or the Senate can muster the votes to override a veto and scuttle his border wall executive order. 
setting up a legal battle that could be decided by the Supreme Court. President Trump has not only been dealt some setbacks on Capitol Hill, but overseas as well. It was a very interesting two days, and I think actually it was a very productive two days, but sometimes you have to walk. He came back empty-handed from Vietnam and the nuclear summit with North Korea. That's right, Mitchell, but interestingly, the president's being praised by congressional leaders, Democrats as well as Republicans, for walking away from the summit when Kim Jong-un continued to insist the U.S. end its sanctions against North Korea in return for denuclearization. Democrats feared Mr. Trump would agree to a bad deal just to deflect the coverage of Michael Cohen's explosive testimony before Congress the same day as the talks. But the president's still under fire for elevating Kim Jong-un through high-level negotiations that have not lessened the danger of a nuclear war. President Trump remains upbeat, insisting he and Kim will strike a nuclear disarmament deal in time. As for the presidential race, there's still a lot of early jockeying among Democrats, and it's looking like a familiar face is going to make another run. Joe Biden. Joe Biden seems ready to jump in and maybe soon, but he's still working things out in what appears to be an agonizing and soul-searching way. To paraphrase what he said recently, I mean, what I say sometimes the problem is I sometimes say all that I mean. Biden says his family is now behind a presidential run and don't be surprised if he makes an announcement soon. Biden remains on top of the popularity list of presidential wannabes. Now, whether that's because of name recognition or solid commitment remains to be seen. Biden has launched presidential runs twice before and dropped out after lackluster showings. Critics say that and his age, 76, and a swing to the left by Democrats may be too much to overcome. Supporters dispute all that and insist Joe Biden is the one Democrat who can beat Donald Trump. And with Friday's declaration of Washington State Governor Jay Inslee, there are now a dozen declared candidates seeking the Democratic presidential nomination, with more to come. With Dave McConnell, I'm Mitchell Miller, and this is The Week on the Hill.